Welcome to our 42nd episode of Breaking Bread with C. My name is Celeste Mundu. I am your host on this podcast. Last time I spoke about the freedom um, in the boundaries that God sets for you as a believer. The world has taken the word boundaries to such another level that you might almost feel disgusted by the word in itself there's boundaries in relationships boundaries at work boundaries in family boundaries in how you love on people and to be honest it is not what god has intended for you when the world brings boundaries indeed it is the exact word that comes from bounding from keeping you hostage or bounding to something yet when the lord speaks of freedom he actually designs boundaries that allows you to exercise the liberties that he has given you as a believer to the maximum so if for example he asks you to not unequally yoke yourself with a person many people think that marriage is just about marrying that beautiful girl or that handsome gentleman whom you look at and you are well pleased by the outward but remember what first thessalonians tells us about that we are spirits with a soul living in a body so you're not just marrying a beautiful body because it is subject to decay it's subject to change tomorrow she's gonna have a baby tomorrow he's gonna get uh, gray hair and he's gonna be older and he's not gonna look like he looked when you first married him so you're also marrying the spirit of this person when god says unequally yoked he's actually talking about the spirit of this person he knows the heart of men whether you believe or not he still created you so he knows how you respond to conflict he knows how you process a word from god he knows if you are quick to obey or not disobey and all those things are in the realm of the spirit so when he says you are unequally yoking yourself with a certain person it means you are marrying two spirits that are already at enmity now it might not sprung up in your marriage in your first or third month or first year or even second year and you might think oh these are false prophets oh this people hate uh, progress all oh, these people don't just like to see people go ahead and get married and have this happiness but truly the lord does nothing without telling his prophets that's written in, um, in amos and so when a man or woman of god tells you this now i do not say that there are some who use and abuse the gift of prophecy but there are some who will tell you especially if they love you if they pray for you if they genuinely are a person you can trust in the spirit to intercede for you to hear god when he speaks it is important that you understand when god says do not unequally yoke yourself it's because he has seen he has reached into that future and he knows that this spirit you're trying to yoke yourself with is not going to be able to take on the duties or the or the plans that he had for you and so today i want to talk a little bit more about salvation i've been really um overwhelmed by the love of god in giving his son jesus christ to die for us because today you can say that there are people who have come to this saving knowledge by the gift of the spirit we understand things that were once abstract and very hard to connect to we have it more easier than abraham jacob or isaac who did not have 
have the help of the Holy Spirit who had to follow certain signs in the physical realm that could even deceive them and be so hard. But today you and I have the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit thanks to the sacrifice of Jesus. But Jesus even went to die before we could even get here so that anyone can boast and say that actually I deserve it in this sense. And so the gift of salvation, the reason I want to bring you to remembrance, 2 Peter um, 1 from verse 2 all the way down to 4, he says, I do not neglect that I have to put you to remembrance of these things, even if you already know them indeed. It is important to destroy this mentality that has been rampant in the church for so many years where people genuinely believe that if you choose faith, then your life is going to be complicated, then poverty is excused, then uh, you have to go through all the hard and difficult things of life so that it can be justified that you're a prayerful person. That is such a wrong image that the enemy has portrayed that it can keep others from even wanting to come in. And yet Jesus commissions us to go out and bear witness everywhere. And this bearing of witness, it might never even be by the words that you get to speak. It might be someone who just hears the story of your life, who hears a couple friends of yours talking about how things move with ease in your life because you believe in God and they want to know this God of somebody that they heard. You're already bearing witness because you've been made one with the word that you believed. And so the gift of salvation is that place where a believer must understand that number one, what you have received is a gift. It's given. There is nothing you did to receive it and there is also not going to be anything thing that you can implement in works to um, sustain it or to keep it. The Lord is the one who causes us to will and to do good and he preserves that which he gave. The Bible says that God that begun this work in you will bring it to completion. So the only thing that is required of you is obedience, is submission, is yieldedness, is understanding to know what am I reading when I read the Bible and how does it work in me? How does it become one with me? How do I respond to it by an act of obedience? And salvation becomes so easy and so sweet for the person who is truly given to it. I've had experiences where I could be in the shower and I'm just getting ready to go to work and the Lord just begins to open something that I was not even looking for because he never leaves you nor forsake you. Whether you make your bed in hell or in heaven, he's still there. And so he's not limited to answer you only when you're seeking for something in that moment. There are times where the spirit would bring to remembrance something that happened three or four years ago and maybe at the 
not understand it in that instant, but then it comes back now and it's full circle. It makes perfect sense and it just opens the door for something even more wonderful than I could have imagined because there is no waste with God. There is nothing that goes unseen or unheard in his presence. And so friends, I want to encourage you to look at salvation as the gift that keeps giving. Look at salvation as something that is designed to favor you. It's designed to increase you. It's designed to make life more easier for you. It's designed to make your processing of emotions, of feelings, of hurt, of loss, to make it easier for you because now you have understood that the most part, the most action in your life happens in the spirit and then is digested by the soul and manifested by the body. You start to consider it the other way around where everything that happens in the body is magnified and by the time it gets in the spirit, it's already a distorted reality that is not even true. So God engages the spirit of man. He does not speak to your flesh because corruption cannot inherit um, in corruption and so he speaks to your spirit because your spirit never fell and what does he say about you you are the head and not the tail you are above and not beneath you are his masterpiece you are loved and highly favored you are uh, blessed when you come in and when you go out of your increase there will be no end the man of the spirit is the only one who can claim those things and once they have truly matured they're like seeds because the word of god is a seed it's like you're planting a seed and in that spirit it grows once it has grown then the soul eats it it eats of it you know, you cannot um, you cannot eat a fruit that is supposed to accomplish something. Some fruits really help in terms of health, in terms of um, immunity, keeping your metabolism running well. And there are fruits that you will eat expecting a certain result from eating that fruit. That's the same way as the soul. The fruit that has been produced in the realm of the spirit is eaten by the soul. And at the enjoyment of the soul from that consumption, it produces now a result that is visible to the eye that is on the flesh and so when your spirit has claimed these scriptures i tell you it is impossible it is hard for you to find yourself in a place where you are depressed because the word depression the word depression comes from a root word of pressing hard on something with the intention to belittle it it's basically supposed to give you an idea that will make you so little that will reduce everything that is humane about you and what does that look like that is exactly what the enemy wants for you that's what the enemy wants you to believe that you are not wanted that you're not loved that you are hopeless that there is nothing that can come to save you in 
a certain instance. And so these are the things that you have to be really careful about. The Bible says that none of the inhabitants of Zion will say, I am sick. And when the enemy gets you to confess against that very promise you were given, then immediately you are coming into agreement with it. And remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. When your tongue has spoken it, you have come into agreement with it. So salvation cannot become a gift if you receive it on the level of the flesh. This is why people end up in marriages where they refuse to listen to the people that are stewarding their spirits, that can see further depending on the on the on the on the submission in their hearts on the yieldedness to God and God allows them to see certain things you marry that body you marry that beautiful lady and truly you see that there is maybe nothing wrong even alarming in their history but that's all you can see because the flesh cannot go further than that but when God reveals he is revealing the state of the spirit of this person and perhaps he is seeing that two three four years down the road there are circumstances that will come and their spirit is not ready neither is it prepared neither is it going to yield to the preparations of God to survive or to go through that experience triumphantly this is how people judge jobs they look at it and they're like okay it's coming at a perfect time I need this money Um, there are these transitions I was planning to buy a car and you forget that a job is only an extension of God's grace it's a way he can choose to bless you you have heard testimonies of people who said I genuinely asked God for this amount they were just stranded for a certain amount of time and this money came to them in the most ridiculous ways than they could have ever seen it was sent to their mobile money or brought it on a check in their mail out of nowhere These are experiences that happen because you believe that the author of time, who is outside of time, outside of circumstances, is able to do certain things for you, even if you might not have an explanation for it. This is how people choose to make decisions. They hear that their neighbor traveled to the UK or to the US and they just obsessively get into the bandwagon of wanting to go to the US. And once they get there and everybody probably advised them against it, then they encounter certain hardest circumstances because they wanted to follow another man's dream that was never in the plans that God designed for them. And they live a life filled with shame, with restrictions. Some of them cannot move from these countries and they cannot even bring themselves to say, I failed and I need your help, you see. And so I encourage you to look at salvation as a gift and let it land in your spirit. Then produce something in your soul that will be released in your flesh, not the other way around. If you receive it in the realm of the body, of the flesh that is subject to corruption, then surely it will kill you because you are claiming supernatural 
promises. You're claiming supernatural intervention in a body that cannot contain it because it's only natural. Yet when you claim these things in the realm of the spirit, you are able to release them. The spirit is able to contain them because it was indeed fashioned to move by the supernatural. I really hope what I just provoked your mind to to think about to ponder on this week will be something that will draw you closer to God and will bring a kind of intimacy that allows you to look at God as one who genuinely wants the best for you but cares about the process of how you get to this best because the best received in the hands of a reckless child can actually kill him um, I'll pray for us and I, I pray that these words land into your spirit as spirit and as life because that is what they are. Loving Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for every single one who's hearing it and every single one who is grabbing it and running with it. I thank you that your word is the seed and I pray that you will give strength to the inner man for everyone who's hearing me right now to water it. And you are the one who gives the increase. We rest assured, Lord, that there is no word you have spoken that returns to you void. I pray for the hearts of those who are receiving it, that they may be softened and yielded to you in this process. Because you're gentle, you're kind, you do not give yourself undesired. So give the strength, Lord, to everyone who needs it to welcome you in their hearts. I thank you that you hear me when I pray. It is so and cannot be otherwise to the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for being here tonight um, or today or on your commute. Whenever you listen to this and see you next week, Monday, share with a friend. The word is never wasted. You are blessed. <laughs>